Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bit to get 30, bit to get 20, 20, 20, bit to get 20, 20, bit to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Samoa Joe versus Darby Allen was one of the best main events in AEW history. Uh, Hangman Page versus John Moxley was one of the best openers in Dynamite history. But this show had absolutely zero Jeff Jarrett on. <laughs> How do you feel, Luke? Well, I feel like I feel like my boys have been relegated to Rampage. Yep, they're Rampage boys now. I feel like they're now now that they're not the tag team champions. Which, as we all know, they should be. You've got to push the hot act. So they've they've just relegated them to Rampage to feud with the best friends instead mm. over a Golden Globe lad who's not there anymore. Also, Jeff Jarrett now masterminding the uh, live events side Did of it? AEW. Yeah, ripping off us, no less, because they're, they're called House Rules. So... Has our solicitor sent any legal letters? Um, cease and desist? I'm trying to negotiate. Uh, they they've taken that name from us. We now get Jeff Jarrett for a month <laughs> as as the sort of butler. You know, I'm, like it's a classic wrestling stipulation. Yeah, but I I don't think we would need to do a big negotiation. I think we just ask Jeff. Just, <laughs> is that Oliver Davis on the phone? Get it over here, and he just pop on over to hop on a plane, come on over. What can we do to make Jeff Jarrett appear on this show? Uh, put some gold on the table. <laughs> he just turns up. <laughs> Did y'all say gold? Help, I need some help selling that. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> please press the thumbs up button. Give us a subscribe if you haven't already. Leave a comment down below with what you thought of this episode of AEW Dynamite, and send in your Omega chats. Ah, oh, that that'll. <laughs> we'll dive into that sound more later on uh, to wrestletalk.com forward slash support. We'll read out every single one over five US dollars before the end of the show. As oh. someone just pointed out in the chat there, uh, you, they do have to start putting big styles on Rampage. It's the only way they're going to draw ratings. Oh, that's exactly so, right. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. A, it's a catch 22. Right. Uh, Samoa Joe took on Darby Allen for Darby Allen's TNT title in this main event. This is their third match since the first week of December. So, Three matches in two months. Yeah. Total change of booking direction now from Tony Khan. Did he? Because this was the third of Moxley Hangman's trilogy as well on top. And it felt and it felt like that was a match that ended with them looking to do more of them. Mm -hmm. And we've just come off the back of the best of seven series. I am not against this. I'm not criticizing it. I, I'm actually, I'm loving it. Mm. Uh, but after three years of Tony being very sparing of his major matchups, and when they do happen... They do not get a repeat round for like a year. This is a definite change in booking philosophy. Is that Jeff Jarrett for you? He's in the year. <laughs> Everything Next. changed when he came on board. Now let me tell you about the king of the mountain. <laughs> Reverse battle royals everywhere. Do you think he's the one responsible for elevating the camera ever so slightly because it's still there? It is. So you don't think it's the new production guy you think it's just, it's Jeff Jarrett. I think anything... Oh, sorry, Dan Layton's texting me. Anything that is positive, we will now attribute to Jeff Jarrett. <laughs> anything that's negative, 
even if it's the same thing, but it was good for one week and it's gone back on. We blame Tony Khan. <laughs> anyway, Derby versus Joe. No holds barred match. They, I, I didn't realize this. I knew they had good chemistry. I knew they worked together well. Their first match back in December, it blew my mind. I was like, this was a, such a good match. It's like 10 minutes, less than 10 minutes, all killer, no filler. The, the Derby's win over Joe and Seattle was fantastic. This is my favorite one of their matches, and it is because they actually have the perfect chemistry. Sadist monster versus masochist daredevil. Yeah. It's like the more Joe hurts him, the more Darby likes that. That powers him up. But the more Darby lets Joe hurt him, that powers Samoa Joe up because he's a sadist. Because he likes doing that. Ah, and they just get the best out of each other. Loved it. So the start of this, Darby Allen came out wearing a jacket covered in thumbtacks. Mm. And he did like his big sort of like back corner splash thing into Samoa Joe. Samoa Joe rolls to the outside, and like, the, you know, the jacket comes off and that. And he grabs a table and Darby Allen does this bullet dive through the ropes and he, he cracks into Samoa Joe and the table cracks into Samoa Joe as well. Like the metal underside right into his head hard way. So Samoa Joe stands up and is now bleeding from the forehead. And I was like, oh, now you've wounded him. Like, now you've pissed him off. Yeah, you've <laughs> only made him angrier. <laughs> it, it really felt like Samoa Joe was like, oh, well, now you've done it. Yeah. I There were a couple of weird Joe flashbacks I got in this. As soon as he got busted open, I felt like that NXT match, the oh, main I, event where it got stuck. Oh, stuck. the Finn Balor one, yeah. Yeah, and then uh, when they went up to the steel, the, not the steel steps, but the concrete, concrete steps, steps, I got the, the TNA, TNA the flashback. Match, yeah, <gasps> one of the dumbest spots oh. in professional wrestling history when Samoa Joe did this big dive, on uh, this diving kick to Sting. And he lands flat back onto those concrete steps. It's mm. the dumbest. It's the dumbest spot I've ever seen. Darby's trying to uh, <laughs> excel him though. Uh, that uh, that that bullet dive outside also took out a camera guy. I d if that was a spot that was inspired. Yeah, it felt like an accident. It felt like an accident. Which way. It felt it made it feel so chaotic. Yeah, Joe being busted open from by accident, being cut open hard way from a table spot mm. that wasn't really supposed to be a table spot. It reminds me of the, the Meng story that uh, Jake Roberts always says. Like, if I see <laughs> Haku or Meng 300 yards away from me, and I've got a tank, and I've also got a gun with one bullet in it, you'd think, he's mine, right? No, I'm going to jump out of the tank and shoot myself. Because I, <laughs> I don't want to risk missing and slightly wounding him and making him more angry. Uh, also, he's a, I love how Joe's a smart monster. Because with this Hellraiser jacket that Darby came out in, Joe took a bit of bit of it. He's like, oh, I don't like that. <laughs> so he got the towel that he comes out with, wrapped his arm in a towel, and just clobbered Darby with a clothesline. Now immune to the <laughs> the, the pointiness. Yeah, the crowd were so hot for this match as well. We had dueling chants throughout the commercial break mm -hmm. for Samoa Joe and for Darby Allen, and. They did a coffin drop with the thumbtack jacket, um, which didn't quite work because Darby couldn't get the, the sleeve had come through. Yeah. So Darby couldn't get the sleeve back out of the, the jacket. But he did. It's like putting a coat on my, my kids before she could really, <laughs> really had to put her arms through the sleeves. And so Joe kicked out of the coffin drop. It's already quite a big thing. So then Darby goes outside, grabs a knife and starts cutting up the ropes that pull the canvas down to the rest mm. of the ring and i was like oh we're going to expect and the second he did that i was like he's 100 taking a muscle buster on those boards uh, <laughs> and this felt like this felt like joe prime we were talking in the office earlier me luke and tempest about how well i certainly feel that there's the ideal of joe but the ideal of joe isn't actually met that often like when you look back at it nxt joe wwe joe a handful of times where he touched Prime Joe. TNA, even if you go back, it's a lot of not, it's not very good, it, no, most of it. He had a penis drawn on his face at one point. Yeah. You know, it's it's the Kurt mm. Angle feud. He's that first year, mm. I think mean, you could say, of that TNA run. And he was there for more than that one year. And But I, the ROH stuff, you know, but it's very, not, not watched that a great deal. And that was 15, 17 years ago. Well, this was prime joke. This was the fully realized version of Samoa Joe, the so the Samoan submission machine. Even though I don't think he used any submissions, <laughs> he was just 
destroying Derby. He felt unstoppable, but he, it was also a very back and forth match. He's that's one of the great things about <coughs> Joe as the big monster character that he mm. is is that he's also he sells brilliantly and convincingly as well that smaller guys can get mm. a lot of monsters type wrestlers will just no I'll just no sell everything to the idea of being like oh but when they do sell something it feels on the crap i think joe works so much better because joe's always like not like on the back foot but he does take damage but then he can have those moments when darby does another bullet dive towards him and he can do the walk away spot so darby crashes through a table that yeah. walk away spot is always one of my favorite mm. things in wrestling uh probably a new favorite thing that he's added which is he just yeeted I believe is the term. I've also seen it been described as Uncle Filled. <laughs> where he just threw... Dar Darby's like, I'm going to get you in the corner. Mm. And Joe's just like, no. And he threw Darby over the top rope outside. Isn't it weird that it's called an Uncle Filled when really it would be a Jazzy Jeff? Because Jazzy Jeff's the one that's being thrown. Uh, Uncle Phil does the throwing. Yeah, so I guess Samoa Joe was Uncle... So you, 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 oh, you ja he jazzed him over the top rope? <laughs> Jazzed a guy off. Yeah, he jazzed a guy off. Jazzed a guy off and over, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was an excellent match. The finish, Joe, because I, I, he can, he's still this sadistic monster, but he also bends the rules. He pretended to have an eye injury really effectively. I actually thought he was hurt. Uh, he was like panicking. because Darby Allen was in there and gouging mm. out the elbows. Like, yeah, Darby probably would take that bit too far. Uh, the referee comes over. Joe pulls the referee into the ropes. It knocks Darby off the top rope, who was going to do a coffin drop onto the exposed wooden boards. Joe avalanche muscle buster. So off the second, second rope, rope yep. onto the boards. One, two, three. I was overjoyed. So was I. I I'm really glad to see because I love Joe with the TNT title, mm. and I I mean the, I'm not take away from the Derby win either. They had a couple of months yeah, back because yeah. that was also it was an awesome moment. It's a great month run. Yeah, he had a great title run. It was for on a month. TV. It was short. It was on TV every week. Yeah. He was on Rampage. Like he was never far away from like ex, you know use maximizing his minutes. He effectively had his entire last TNT title run in the space of four weeks. Weeks, yeah, in terms of title defenses, and they were telling that story of yeah. when Darby has a title, he just goes hell for leather and will just constantly defend it and run himself ragged, and that's what backfired on him here. Where Samoa Joe picked up the win, mm. won the title back, and the second that he won the title back, I did think, oh, okay, we're going to build to that Wardlow mm. match then, because that was when when Darby won the belt. That was the question that a lot of people had, because they'd done the angle where Joe beat Wardlow and then cut off the man bun. And they were like, oh, so we're going to build to another uh, another Wardlow-Joe TNT match. And then Joe lost the belt. Mm, we're like, okay, mm. what do we do now then? Well, we have a one-month Derby run, back, uh, belt's back on Joe, and then Wardlow made his return at the end of this show. So wasn't it reported Wardlow was injured? injured. Slightly injured. Slightly injured. That's what Melter said in The mm. Observer, yeah. That's why he's not been on TV. So I don't know if it was always the plan to put the belt on Derby for a short month one, or if that was... I mean, it was in Seattle. It probably was. Uh, but maybe Wardlow was going to cost Joe that match. Maybe something like that. Whatever. Yeah. I think it's worked out really well. I've seen a few people be critical, oh, that's a short title reign. And it, I can't think of any shorter title reigns in AEW history. Well, that's, I know. I feel like the All-Atlantic Championships changed hands a bunch of times in short spaces. I mean, and the TNT title, like it was changing hands, during, especially during the, the Sammy Scorpio oh, yes. Sky yeah. era of it. Like, I felt like it was going back and forth a lot. I mean, I guess the trio's championship. <laughs> <laughs> and the world title as well, yeah, that those, matter. What happened to those? <laughs> uh, yeah, well, it, was, it, it is in the shorter end, though, of the, you know, a company that I would say is more famed for doing long, long title reigns. Yeah. I do not mind it. I think this is a great choice. I think the TV titles are the titles that you can bump around a bit more, particularly when you have a group of guys who feel like they're all going for it. Wardlow, Samoa Joe, Derby. Like the tag titles back in 2000 with Hardys, Edge and Christian, Dudleys. Yeah. You can hot potato the title around. And they, and they did a lot in yeah. that period of time, but it never felt like it devalued mm -hmm. the titles either because it's... It's all about as well how the person makes that title feel when they win it. Like if you just win it, like, well, cool, great, tag titles. No, it should, like for Joe, having that belt means the world to him because he calls himself the king of television. So he needs that television title mm. in order to make his character feel complete. 
You excited about a Wardlow feud? Wardlow return? No, no man bun. It is no man bun. Yeah, he's got a little Frankie Kazarian cut on him now. Hmm. Um, I think because I just enjoyed the Joe Darby stuff so much, I'm less into the idea of a, a Wardlow Joe feud. But that's not to say that it'll be bad because hmm. hey, the, the triple threat that they had at uh, Full Gear was ace. I feel like Darby and Joe have got a lot of momentum behind them. I feel like Wardlow's, well, the last eight months of Wardlow, sadly, has been a, a stalling after stalling. Tried to restart back, you know. Yeah. And he, he just doesn't feel as hot as potentially other things. Like, if you, you know, if you said to me, I'm just going to put Swerve in this now, I mean, I'd be like, 100%, yeah. please. Particularly if you'd have done, like, kept on Darby and then gone into Swerve. But actually, Swerve and Joe, I'd be all Swerve over as Joe. well. You maybe you want a babyface then, Eddie Kingston, please. You know, yeah. there's a, there's a lot of gut. I love Wardlow, but I'm I am a bit past him in the mid card yeah, title thing. I think there is a bunch of other guys that I'd rather see get into this mix that we haven't had in this mix yet. Mm -hmm. So yeah, you said Swerve, Keith Lee, whenever, Keith Lee, whenever oh, Keith Lee, Joe. Yeah, oh. absolutely. Yeah, Miro. If Miro uh -huh, comes back, it'd be uh -huh. great to see Miro back in that mix as Miro well. Versus Joe. Yeah, Miro versus. There's a lot of guys that I'd be like, yeah, that's the one I want to see, and that's nothing against Wardlow because I think Wardlow's ace. You're the. Oh, sorry. But, but I, I, there's a bunch of guys I think I'd, have, I'd probably have five or six guys I'd pick before mm. I'd get to Wardlow. He didn't, and the top ten, sure, but I'd probably get to, I'd probably get to other people before he does you're the king of tv oh my god recognizes no mortal king oh, do a miro yeah. thing uh but the big question is from chimchuri on reddit who would you rather fight one samoa joe size darby allen or 100 darby allen size samoa joes i don't think the size difference is great enough mm. to take the risk of finding 100 darby allen size samoa joes no i don't think either because, yeah, I think I'd probably take on the other one. The, the, a, a, a Samoa, Samoa Joe-sized Joe Darby Allen. I'd fancy my chances more. I also think it would be a less brutal death. You know, in the lost, quicker, yeah. you know, the lost World, mm -hmm. the death that always gives me the heebie-jeebies is the compy one. Because that's a lot of like, you know, if you get eaten by a T-Rex, one chomp, you're, you're done. Even actually, apart from the, the poor Richard Schiff lad who got his leg ripped off. But mostly, that feels like a mm. short death. The compy one is a lot of like... I feel slow drawn out. Yeah, slow. Death by a thousand cuts. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which 
is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Uh... Let's see what you all thought on the episode. Uh, WrestleTalk.com forward slash support. Get in your chats. We'll read out every single one over five US dollars. Ben Vlerick says, does Darby have to go that far? His <laughs> choice, but don't go asking for sympathy when your career is cut short or you end up like Dynamite Kid slash Foley. No hate, genuinely worried. We love you, Darby. Nobody is asking you to kill yourself for our entertainment. The one thing I would say for that, like the, the, the comparisons to Dynamite Kid or Foley is the rings are way less brutal than they used to mm. be. So that's really, that's massively going to help things. No chair shots to the head. No explicitly. chair shots to the head. Exactly. Like the sport, while risks are still there, feel infinitely less riskier than they would have done just 10 years ago, 15 years ago. It depends if, you know, if Darby is to be taken at his word, he says, look, I'm not going to do this for long. I'm, I'm in a couple of years. I'm getting out of this, uh, and I'm just going to go hard now. Uh, yeah, I, I wouldn't do it, but you've got to appreciate a guy sacrificing his body like this for our entertainment. There also could just be a case of, uh, you know, the people used to say this of Will of Osprey. Mm. You know, like in, in particular, Don Callis used to be very open on this channel, no less. He'd be very open. as like Will cannot do this forever. Like he cannot do this style of because if he does this style of wrestling forever, his career is going to be cut short. So Will changed up his style he got to a certain point he's like i can't do that anymore so i'm gonna change up my style maybe darby does the same mm. thing unless of course it is just like no no no. i'm just gonna go a hundred miles an hour yeah. now and then eventually i just won't do it anymore i feel like it'll be the latter i <laughs> uh, remember will's style back then it was very different to now it uh was a hundred percent comprised of landing on your <laughs> neck <laughs> charles berg says a man who isn't afraid to die versus one that kills for fun. I felt Dynamite had something for everyone this week, and it felt like a breeze. Also, I see potential in the ass boys. I think they will at some point get very over, particularly Austin Gunn. I agree. I think Austin Gunn's great on the mic. Um, I don't, But the risk is, now isn't the time. And I'm hoping, as we'll get on to later, that uh, it's not a revolution match, and they can continue a, a build away from being forced down their throats. That's that's kind of what I assumed as well, because BM Whitehouse, just to follow up on that, just says, are people overly critical of the ass boys? A lot of people in AEW established themselves before coming into the company, and it's easy to overlook that these guys started training barely two mm. years ago and do need reps on live TV to get better. Yep, uh, I guess there's also uh, a leveling of nepotism as well, because they are... Nepo babies. Nepo babies, they're from daddy ass. But wrestling's got a pretty rich lineage of that. Of and it has. In both look at, guys. Look at Cody Rhodes. They're decent. They're decent wrestlers. And in Austin's case, he's a great promo. Yeah. The key to that there, though, is knowing when to push them to the top and when mm -hmm. not to. And I think that's where pe I think people are overly, you know, the argument of people being overly critical is that they should not be in the position they're currently in. They are not over or good enough to be in the position where they're challenging for the tag titles when there's a hundred other teams in AEW that should be in that yeah. position more than they are. So that's where I think people go against the ass boys. And that's not on them. That's on Tony Khan. Mm -hmm. So that's Tony Khan for putting them in a spot they shouldn't be. Jeff Jarrett, have a word. <laughs> BM Whitehouse also says, at uh, BM Whitehouse 76, Brian Cage is like the opposite of Bray Wyatt to me. With Cage, every time I see he's announced for a match, I groan until the bell rings and then I'm excited. With Bray, I'm excited for his matches until the bell rings, and then I'm either bored or confused. It's exactly what you said last week. It is what I said last week, and I'll, I'll be spoilers when we get to that review. Same thing happened again. I love Brian Cage all the time. I get excited for his matches. Bonesaw Buck 823 Hello lads, chatting in early because work prevents me from watching live, but I have to ask, is there a litigation <laughs> pending between No Rolls Bard and AEW over the house rules name? 
All joking aside, it was a decent dynamite, but I've seen better. Anyway, jam that jam. Yeah, I would. I think that's a fair comparison. I've also seen better, but I, I enjoyed the heckings out of it. Loved this episode. Really, really good. Uh, and yes, uh, but we're trying to go, we're trying to resolve it amicably with Jeff Jarrett. <laughs> He's the key to all of this. Ben Vlarek, don't entirely get the big deal with Jungle Boy. Good looking kid. Good looking kid. Good worker, sure. But there's others better who are relatively young as well. His promos, as well as rather non-existent character work, don't stand out to me at all. What am I missing? The hair. <laughs> it's the hair, kid. I, yeah, the, there's something... Uh, Jungle Boy connects with an audience. Mm -hmm. In the same way that... And the music. Yeah, well, that that's part of it, isn't it? It's just like people naturally just get behind Jungle Boy, and that's something you can't really put a finger on or pinpoint. It's like again, it kind of talking about you know people I'd like to go after Samoa Joe. I don't know if I'd have Jungle Boy high up on my list, but he would be on my list. Hook would be Hook. Yeah, I'd probably go for Hook. Oh, but again, it's that's like he's wrestling the new embodiment of his father. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, the connection, the TNA mm. connections. So yeah, I but I, Hook is a guy is someone new in that position as well. I feel like we've had Jungle Boy in that position before, and I feel like we but we we actually haven't, have we? Like I don't think he has been no. TNT champion, has he? Oh my god, no, no, he's no, he's not. He's only been tag champion. Yeah, it's not a survival series. Can <laughs> <laughs> flashbacks and PTSD. Just been in here with Tempest for an hour talking about his sadistic trivia <laughs> nonsense. Um, I I'm I'm with you. Ben. I also don't Jungle Boy does not connect or resonate with me. He did when he was with Luchasaurus, but solo Jungle Boy does not. Uh, but I can recognize that he connects with the crowd. Like some people I'm not going to get. I don't get Jeff Hardy, for instance, but I can recognize he's a good person to have on your show. Yeah. It's The Miz. Like, uh, the, uh, the Miz for me. Like, it, the Miz is not my cup of tea, but there's no denying that the mm. man does get the heel heat that he is often looking for and he commands that crowd better than a lot of other people on that show uh michaela Traub, hi hi friends just came to say that that was one of jade's best matches yeah it was red velvet's a real asset to the division also ruby needs to side with the homegrowns as a face she's too nice she chased me through a lobby when i forgot my autograph at the table oh ruby 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 so that is nice Mayor of Painesville, Dan. Hello, Ollie. Hello, Luke. I hope you're having a great day. I really do. And everyone else watching, you too. Can we talk about Timothy Thatcher, all in caps, my man, one of the greatest ever, former WXW world champ, Ringkampf, the man. I love him. I love Big Tim. He is great. He is oh, great. We, we, when he was announced last week, we were like, oh, it's, it's going to go down. He just feels like a crazy wild man, doesn't he? <laughs> his hair, his beard, his teeth. Unknown user says with Jade now 50 and 0, including 21 d title defenses in the last year, does the TBS title still have enough prestige to it to have her losing? It still seemed like a big deal. People say Willow should beat her, but Jade already has beaten her twice. But that was where we thought the story would be. Mm. It's Jade getting that win in the trilogy and finally being the one to, to win the title. I, I, I completely get the, the, the point <laughs> you make, but that was... we. We sort of fantasy booked ourselves into this position of, oh, Willow would be the perfect person to end the streak and win the TBS title because she's learned from the two losses and she's charismatic enough to carry a story mm. like that. Um, but but I, the, the title isn't over. The streak no, is the over. The streak is over. I was going to say, when you asked the question, does the TBS title still have prestige? I don't think it ever has had mm. prestige. It is a prop that she carries. We'll just do this last one. Tom Chapman. I wrote in last week about LBC. My name is Tom Chapman, and we did email ages ago. Please check out lionsbarbercollective.com. One of our highlights is the elite wearing our shirts in Japan. That Kenny tweeted, Samoa Joe is the king of TV. What an AEW show. Lovely stuff. Yeah. There's one last one as well. Oh, about... Lions Barber Collective is a sort of charity raising money for mental health. Uh, one other one here from John Ryder says, Yes, boys are winning, right? I feel like <laughs> Billy is betraying the acclaim to make up to his kids mm. for not being there as a father. I just feel like we need to prepare for that. Luke looks like skinny Homer Simpson. Much love to you all. And someone's compared me to Ned Flanders in this outfit. Yeah, I think if you have a nice, if you have a purple shirt Sorry. on. Where am I skinny Homer, I guess? Well, I suppose I, I am bald and I've got a goatee beard. Yeah. I don't see it. <laughs> <laughs> Right, this episode of AEW Dynamite opened on another freaking banger. It was an excellent bookend of in-ring action. 
with John Moxley in Ohio coming out through the crowd with his father and Wheeler Yuta. Awesome moment. Uh, I, t- I mentioned in my review, do you remember when Trent's mum used to drop them off? Yeah. Very different vibe. <laughs> but it's, I, I think it's actually the same. You think it's the are same? You, are you going to suggest that? Well, I mean, I don't think Dad Moxley belongs in chaos, is what I'm saying. <laughs> Sue does. Everyone seems to belong in chaos. <laughs> Hangman Page makes his entrance, but Moxley goes right for him. They brawl all around the ring. Hangman Page lobs a chair at Moxley's yeah, head. because Moxley was attempting, he was going to pillmanize the ankles. Mm. Hangman was like, not having this. Picks that chair up and just throws it at Moxley. Busts him open before the match even started. And then they just continue this awesome back and forth match. Re- like, it's the, again, like we got the prime version of Samoa Joe. I felt like this is the idealized version of Moxley's babyface brawling style. I thought it was to perfection. Hangman was the perfect fall. Never played heel, but helped John be this massive baby face. That's the key to it. It was doing things that the crowd can boo while not being a heel. Mm. So, for example, when Moxley was busted open, he'd get the blood, wipe the blood down his chest. It's a badass baby face move, but because it's Moxley's hometown, that draws some heel heat because you're wiping the baby face's blood down yourself. Excellent finish. So just, good. just incredible finish. Hangman hits a super kick. Uh, Taz said, "Well, that's not part of his usual repertoire." Whose who's repertoire is it? In, so it's joining the Usos. <laughs> a tombstone, a tombstone pile driver into a buckshot lariat. And I was honestly, that was one of the most convincing falls of the year so far for me. I was like, that's it. And again, it's all head based offense. Yeah. Because that's, that's what, again, part of the story is the whole like knocking out part of it. The head, Bill. <laughs> that's what I'm working over. And, you know, like the Wicked Lariats by Moxley mm. as well. Like it was a lot of like targeting of uh, the head. And yeah, we had that, the the, the t- tombstone into the buckshot for an amazing near fall. And in anger and frustration at Moxley kicking out of his finish, Page locks in the bulldog choke. In Page's mind, it's the ultimate insult now. You kick out of my move, you step back into this ring. I'm going to choke you out with your own finish. I'm going to put you to sleep with your own finish. But as Taz pointed out in commentary, if there's one person that's going to know how to reverse a submission, it's the person whose submission that is. And Moxley reversed it and gets a one, two, three. Brilliant finish. I thought Taz was excellent. On yeah. Commentary all the way through. I've written down that exact same call. Uh, great match. And you're like, huh, okay. They're ending this story about, you know, that started with a real concussion. Then the second match had a, kayfabe concussion they've both been talking about killing each other knocking each other out the finish is a technical wrestling counter ah i like that very well done and then they went one step further where both guys character wise that's not what they wanted they want to beat the crap out of each other they don't want to win by a little technical fluke they want to really prove once and for all who's the tougher bastard and they just both kept on well moxie was excellent selling like he was out on his feet mm. and Hangman was just like trash talking him. Claudio and Wheeler Utah's work here as well. Just being the sort of mates outside of Weatherspoons. Just, <laughs> nah, leave it, mate. Leave Come it, mate. on. It's not worth it. It's not worth it. Like Claudio was just like st- making his body as large as possible while also trying to diffuse the situation. Really well done. Yeah. Anytime Hangman said, he's like, not now, mate. Come on. Sorry, mate. Not, not looking now. at him, just like putting, putting the body between him. And like Moxley, I feel like Moxley was annoyed that Paige got pinned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I was like, no, I was, I was bearing a fight. Yeah, I thought we were fighting each other. What's all this about? Why'd you kick out? Why didn't you kick out my <laughs> kick out my pin? For said, I only did it to make you let go. <laughs> it was excellent. Um, and then, yeah, it's. I thought this was going to be the final match, and then Hangman would start something else for Revolution, which is four the weeks elite? away. Yeah, the Elite, something with Adam Cole. I keep saying, but no. I really want to see these two wrestle another time. This yeah. was this was the best match they've had so far. Yeah, this is awesome. Absolutely loved it. Uh, Rene is interviewing the Bunny backstage. Bunny and Jamie Hayter set up a title match for Rampage. An, an eliminator match. Seats, and it cuts back. It cut cuts from backstage to backstage <laughs> because Soraya and Tony Storm are beating up Britt Baker in the parking lot, which is shown on the screen behind Hayter. It's a very NXT thing to do. Mm. The parking lot. Do you think that's another 
reference of the E? I, I, I'd imagine it probably was, yeah. I didn't like and, it. And again, probably quite a clumsy one. Yeah, yeah, clumsy, felt a bit rushed. Didn't feel like it was given the chance to breathe. No, or it was just they were attacking a backstage and you can, as a viewer, can impart, you can put that on there if you want, but it might not have been the intention. Yeah. But if it, but if it, that's the read you want, it actually just adds to the story of them being the outsiders. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Acclaimed then took on... Oh, I didn't write their names down in this bit of my notes. Neither have I. I've got the Acclaimed got versus good two names. lads. Hold on, let me go to Cage Match. It's like something Magnum. Well, the Acclaimed beat them. Bloody love Cage Match. What a website. Yeah, it's great. Uh, they beat Truth Magnum and Turbo Floyd. <laughs> Excellent names. Uh, I thought they were really decent for a, essentially an enhancement role. Then they, they did the scissoring thing as well. Bearing in mind this match only went 50 seconds. Yeah. This was about 30 seconds of it. Uh-huh. It was them going like, and doing their own scissor me daddy thing. It's genuinely very funny. I thought they felt like 2.0. You know, that sort <laughs> yeah. of same manic charisma. Uh, but there was just a setup for the guns to come out. The guns are like, we deserve a title shot. And the acclaimed asked the crowd, who wants to see these guys get a title shot? I thought, oh, don't this better not be a setup for for actually doing the match because the crowd are going to say no. We don't like the aspect. But the crowd said no, and then Bones was like, "See, no, no, you're not getting a match." Bones is it's weird because I always thought Max Caster was the promo guy because he has the raps. Bones is the promo guy. He sure is so good. Yeah. Uh, Daddy Ass gets annoyed. He walks out like, "I'm done with you guys." And I think Colton goes, oh, you're turning your back on us again like you did for our whole childhoods. Why don't you just go and bury your sorrows at the bottom of a pillbox? And that's what makes Daddy Ass stop. He turns back round, comes in, masterfully gets around a faulty mic. Yeah. Doesn't even miss a beat when he's cutting his promo. Has to change mics. I thought Colton's (laughs) performance here was ace. Didn't look him in the eye. Couldn't look him in the eye. He said it, and there was clearly something that he feels but did not want to see the ramifications of what he said in terms of hurting his dad's feelings is it austin have i got my ass boys mixed up which one is i'm gonna just gonna google austin gun this happens all the time because if you try and find a picture of one of them it always comes up with both of them uh i believe it is austin gun that one's Austin. Oh yeah, he's yeah, yeah, he's the great one on the mic. Yeah, yeah I wrote so down the wrong yeah. note. Sorry. It's, I, I think that actually pr- further proves the point we were saying about the ass boys not being. The, <laughs> no one knows which one is which. But yeah, Austin Gunn was his performance here was great. Not wanting to look his dad in the eyes, and Billy Gunn was just like, "You said it." Mm. So look at me. Mm. Really, really good performance by the two of them. And Billy Gunn accepts the challenge on behalf of the acclaimed, which the acclaimed did not seem happy about, which is kind of what ties into that ultra chat we had, that mega chat we had just a moment ago of like, are the ass boys going to win the belts? Yeah. Well, so the the illusion being, did daddy ass work in cahoots with his ass sons to get this match set up? Could be. <sighs> Will it? I th- If... If the ass boys win, my reaction would be like, why don't you just put the belt on Jarrett and Lethal? Like, mm. if, you, if you were going to take the belts off the acclaim, why not put it on them, who actually had some really good matches with them? Yeah, I think that would be a mistake. I think it would... It would re- I don't know. It's difficult. <laughs> All we've got are various different sides mm. about whether or not the ass boys should win the belts next week. We c- there's not even their name. We're, they're called the Guns. But everyone calls them the ass boys. Danhausen has both gotten them over and ruined everything about them. I just just based on my overall, like the last three, four years of AEW, I feel like what they're going to do is we're going to get the match next week. The acclaimed are going to win. And then the guns are going to like try and set up. No, we want another match for the pay-per-view. And they're threatening the idea that will be guns and the acclaimed for the titles again at Revolution, and then FTR can come back. Or some other big tag yeah. team. Oh, and it's a... all a slight misdirect for this big pay-per-view thing. For a second, I thought you were going to say for the pay-per-view, and it's Billy Gunn in a shark cage. 
That'd be fun. <laughs> or, or, you know, Billy Gunn's the special guest referee. Eh, it's not bad. Whose side is he on? Mm. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's it's a difficult one. It's it's difficult. I get why they're trying, but yep, absolutely. I think it's still advised. I think it's great that they're pushing their own talent. And, mm. that, you know, these are guys who have started in AW since almost day dots. It's been their very early doors work their way up through dark dark elevation do some stuff on rampage they have built themselves up to be established characters on tv it's just now is not the time to be putting the belts on them but you've also set up a storyline where it would be quite a good time mm. to put the belts on them yeah it's a good storyline it's good uh speaking of storylines Takeshita has been not on a losing streak because he win, this wins. Says, this says a lot about your thoughts on Jungle Boy. You skipped over his segment. Oh, yeah. So, oh, yeah. <laughs> I didn't even write it down. Jungle, <laughs> Jungle Boy said he is, uh, he's going to focus on his own stuff. Yeah. He enjoyed tagging with Hook, but he wants to be a singles champion by the end of the year. Mm. You think that's a misdirect or he's just going to be a singles guy? So the FTW, FTW championship is a singles belt. Ooh. Uh, I, I don't know. I, again, I'm not really into Jungle Boy currently. Yeah. I'm very much into Hook. I, I, over, I over no, spoke no, over you with Kineska Takeshka. Takeshita has not won a match on Dynamite. I went back and checked. He's only won one main roster AEW match, which was a two-minute win over Ryan Nemeth on Rampage last August. Everything else has been dark and dark elevation. And Takeshita has had some fantastic losses on Dynamite. Danielson, Hangman Page. I think Eddie, I think Eddie was actually Rampage. John Moxley. Mm. Um, I just feel like that was a really cool story that they were building up. And he took on Brian Cage here, and it was a good match, of course it was. But I just feel like it was playing second fiddle to the overarching MJF Brian Danielson feud. But that's a perfectly fine place for it to be. He's not the main event currently, mm. and yeah, he's. Got he a, will be next week. He's got a main roster win already, <laughs> so this is not like they were building for his first win. And even if it was, it's not his first big win. It's against Brian Cage. Who's a Brian mm. Cage beat? Well, I just I feel like there was a an opportunity for Max to interfere or do something or cost Takeshita this mm. match. Cage gets the win, adds more heat to Takeshita MJF for next week, and you can still hold off that big dynamite win. I just feel I feel like there was potential missed here. I, 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 I disagree. I don't think it was because he's won and I've seen Takeshita win. So it doesn't feel like I've been waiting for him to get a win on Dynamite. I, I, feel, so like I, I feel like I have been waiting for that, though. I don't, I don't know. Cause I've, I've seen him win elsewhere. And also like Where? it's on Rampage. You literally just said he's won on Rampage. Once. Yeah. In August. But then he was then he went back to Japan for months. Yeah. He's only come back recently. I feel like he has not had a substantial. This well, wouldn't have been a substantial. Either. This wasn't a substantial win either. It's Brian, Brian Cage Ca wrestled it's Brian, Brian Danielson and last lost week. very. It's Brian Cage. Brian Cage isn't anyone. I feel like Brian, Brian Cage, Cage is lower. Brian Cage is lower mid card. Yeah, but there is. I. I mean, we've got different opinions on Brian Cage, but I feel like if you put a Brian Cage in it, if you put a Lance Archer in it, people, if you put a Dustin Rhodes in it, like these people who are never around, if you put them in, they have a sort of charged association, which does feel like more than just a normal match. But I think Lance Archer would have made it felt like a bigger deal because Brian, Brian Cage is on TV a lot and loses all the time. So it's not like him beating Brian Cage feels like it's a big deal because mm -hmm. I've, I've, I've seen a hundred Brian Cage matches on TV in the last few months and he lost all of them. I felt like more could have been done there. Well, I think they did do. I think they had a really good match and Takeshita won. Mm -hmm. Which I think is all the, all this segment really needed was for to get him to win. Uh, Rene is backstage with JAS. I think we will. I think we will agree on this one. Their big plot is to do a Guevara Garcia gauntlet. Oh no, wait, a Garcia Guevara gauntlet, which was a nice touch. It showed that Garcia and Sammy are getting along, and it is all of the JAS that Starks must run through to get to Chris Jericho, the final boss. Why does this story not work, Luke? Why why does Ricky want this match? Because <laughs> that was that was what they set this up. It was like Ricky's Rick, Ricky wants another match with Jericho. And I'm like, why? <laughs> he won. And he beat all of the JS effectively while doing so. Why does Ricky want this match? Yeah. 
And then I'm like, ah, well, if you really want to get to Jericho, you got to. I was like, but he's already got through all of you and beaten Jericho. This is not a very good story. Mm. I don't know what they're thinking here. <laughs> Jericho's really smart. Yeah. I don't know why he's. Has he just accidentally got his script the wrong way round? I don't know. Uh, the elite are in a basketball court. Nice to see them back again. Apparently, Kenny Omega's had some visa issues, which is why they haven't been around on TV to immediately follow up on that trios championship win momentum. They said Top Flight and AR Fox will have a match with you because Bucks lost to Top Flight last week. Yeah, it was last yeah, week. Last yeah. Week. And then the firm come in. Stokely Hathaway, Ethan Page, all your favourite members, <laughs> Matt Hardy, Isaiah Cassidy. Yeah. What is the current lineup of the firm? It's them plus Big Willie. Big Willie. Ass and Boys. Are the Ass Boys in the firm? The Ass Boys are in the firm. Are they still no, no, okay. The question is, are they still in the firm? Do you know what do you know what a way to find out is? If you go, I'm going to go to Twitter, um, and the other one is uh, Lee Moriarty. Oh, yes, yes. Is the other one. Um, I'm typing in the firm AEW. Right, hold on. If, yeah, don't, do, don't go to Wikipedia. The way to find this, we're going to look at AEW's Twitter account and look for the match graphic for next week. Oh, so I've got a cage match. Mark Quinn. Apparently also because both of private party. Okay. Uh, their current overall rating is three point three one out of ten. <laughs> I didn't know you could I didn't know cage match ranked factions like that. I didn't know they ranked factions either. Scroll, 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 scroll. Where's the announcements of matches for next week? Because I've got I've got graphics for all of the mm. other matches that are happening next week, but not Oh come on. Anyway, the... for example, so on this one, it says the firms, Ethan Page, Matt Hardy, and Isaiah Casty. So I need to find the the guns one says mm. the firms, the guns, because that's how we'll confirm if they're still part of the group. The firms, the guns. Yes, if it says the firms, <laughs> the guns. Well, no, I'm going to I'm going to fight. My laptop's muted. You you crack okay. on. I'll I'll I need to get to the bottom of this. Uh, there was some trash talking involved, and then Isaiah Cassidy weirdly went right up into Kenny Omega's ear said something along the lines of don't underestimate us, whatever, and then went, oh. <laughs> you, um, you have not stopped talking about this moment. So like, and Kenny Omega was like, what's going on there? I just, it, I didn't make sense to me. Aha! It doesn't <clears throat> say the firm. It just says AEW World Championship, the acclaimed versus the guns. I huh? don't think they're in the firm anymore. They've never done a, a is this the Tully Blanchard effect? <laughs> yeah. When people just... Part ways with no announcement or storyline. Yes, so. <coughs> but yeah, apparently this was a thing maybe five, ten years ago where people would make sex noises to freak other people out. <laughs> Kenny sure was freaked out. He, he was a little bit freaked out, wasn't he? Also, I mean, shout out to uh, Nick Jackson's uh, basketball touchdown, though. Mm. That was It was impressive. Five-pointer. I think it was, yeah. Double, triple that score. <laughs> Brian Danielson took on Timothy Thatcher last. Uh, after that, Danielson's left shoulder was just all taped up in red. Couldn't have been a clearer. This is the body part <laughs> I'm going to get worked over. But that's that's great. That works for the story. It was taken out last week by uh, AEW's main event of Brian Cage <laughs> and MJF. <laughs> and Thatcher's whole specialization is arm submission. So really good story. Again, like the Takeshita match for me. Danielson's pe the Ethan Page match, the Bandido match, and the what was the other one? Was it Takeshita? It was Takeshita. Those three matches, pay per view caliber stuff. Brian Cage match last week, and I would say the Stature match here were not pay per view caliber. They were here is a wrestling match, the service and overall story. I agree, which is fine. Um, but I, I feel like just my I got so ramped up on the. Let the in-ring quality of the other things that I, it makes me miss those. I agree. I mean, you can, you could argue, and I don't think I would agree with this, but you could argue that uh, uh, Danielson, because he's been running so hard mm. during this, that he is not at a hundred percent and cannot go as hard as he did in the Takeshita match or in the um, the Bandido match. 
that is a storyline argument you could make but i also think that it felt like these two were just holding back because they were going to do something bigger at some other point mm. you know what i mean like, yeah like they're, like they're gonna have a match in noah or something it's like well let's save all of the stuff when we go over and do that i don't know if that's the case but like when the finish of this match was the referee got bumped and mjf ran down with the dynamite ring and i was like oh, okay Thatch is going to refuse to use the ring and that'll distract him enough and Danielson gets a win. Takeshita takes out MJF and Danielson get, uh, escapes the armbar and then hits the knee plus for the win. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because he's sort of all the other body parts that he might win with were taken out. But the knee, the knee. The knee's still good. Yeah, uh, it's, yeah, this, when I heard Timothy Thatcher versus Brian Danielson, my mind, understandably, yeah. goes to here. We but did what this week. was... It was here. Yeah. It was the service of storyline. Uh, but afterwards, Max and Takeshita are still brawling backstage. They're split up. And Tony Khan, not him personally, but sort of announced, they will have a championship eliminator match next week. Yeah. MJF is having a wrestling match next week mm. against Takeshita as well. That I'm really excited for. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then Max went to see Roosh backstage. Uh, was that? Is my, in, yeah. This was next, wasn't it? Well, there's the Swerve Strickland promo, <laughs> and then they had the, the yeah. Roosh segment. Yeah, so he goes backstage to see Roosh, you know, patronizing MJF, Spanish stuff. Hands over a big briefcase of money. You know, that's that's for free. And if you rip off Brian Danielson's arm and beat him over the head with it, you'll get four more of those. Mm -hmm. And uh, Roosh said some... You know, seem like some nasty things. L long time spoken Spanish, and then his assistant Jose just said he accepts. And Max is like, "Sounds like you said a bit more than that." I read what uh, the translation was, oh, really? which was, uh, "I'm going to take your money. I'm going to beat Danielson. Then I'm going to take more of your money, and then I'm going to take your title." Oh. I thought that's so cool. The crowd clearly understood it as well because mm. the crowd really reacted to what he said. I thought Rush, Rush came off awesome. Yeah, I don't know where they were this episode. Ohio, Ohio. Is it in Ohio? Yeah, oh, of course it was, it was Moxley. the Moxley thing. Yeah. Um, then we got Jade Cargill taking on Red Velvet on course for her fiftieth win, TBS title. I thought this was a really good performance from Jade. She, sorry, you go. She really cool snap wheelbarrow suplex at one point, and during the break which we see because it's fight TV uh, that we don't get the breaks here. I was like, why didn't you do this spot in the actual broadcast? They do just get a replay of it. You know, she walks around with red velvet, crossbody position, and then she presses her overhead, walks up the steel steps as she's doing it, and lobs her in the ring. Incredible. Absolutely incredible. On that note, the, um, the Derby spot where Joe like, back body dropped him onto the concrete steps was during commercial break. <laughs> Was it? Yeah, <laughs> that was during. That was on our fight feed. Oh boy! <laughs> that's what, what backup hangman said on Twitter. Was like, don't be doing that spot in the commercial <laughs> break. But yeah, I thought this was a really, really good Cargill performance. And because as well, we saw it on the fight feed, so you hear all of the crowd reactions. The crowd went nuts for that spot, and it was the loudest the crowd were. Mm. For the entirety of the match, it, I felt really bad for them as well because she did that press time and the crowd broke into a this is awesome chant that died off the second they went back to TV. It went back. It was like AEW Dynamite back on their <laughs> TNT. It was like, oh no, this just just slowly trailed off as uh, the crowd finished up. That's because Tony pays the fans not to cheer women's matches on out. <laughs> so he doesn't have to push them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I... See the, the theory going around at the moment? Oh, That's how um, Avatar uh, made all of its money. Is um, it's all fake ticket sales. <laughs> it's a lot of <laughs> fake ticket sales. Yeah, yeah. There was someone who was went uh, trending on uh, uh, TikTok or something because she was like, "I remember ten years ago, like, you know, buying a ticket for, and I got it for the wrong movie, and uh, I, I bought a ticket for Avatar, but I saw what I was intending." And they said, "Oh, you can just go see whatever movie you want." Oh wow, that anecdote must be indicative <laughs> of a massive scale fraud operation. Well done, internet. I had that for Captain Marvel as well. Mm. People were like, oh yeah, Disney bought all the tickets. That's how it yeah, so much. But that's money. because Disney were pushing their woke bull crap <laughs> down our throats. <laughs> uh, I, didn't, I didn't actually like the finish of this match. Kira Hogan yeah. comes out. Uh, she brawls with Leila, Leila Gray. Ref gets distracted. I think it was Aubrey. And Red Velvet got a visible pin on Jade Cargill. And in that moment, I th and the crowd booed. The crowd booed the idea. I was like, you've 
don't don't protect Jade's opponents. The whole appeal of this run is that she dominates and kills people, and you are you you just visually pinned her in front of us. And then you know Jade gets the win with the Jaded. She celebrates with her daughter, who is crying. Beautiful moment. I'm just like, what? What are you just, get on the same page here? That's that was my big question I had coming out of this. Is why are we presenting Jade like Jade like she's the baddie? No, it's a double meaning of that. Obviously, she is part mm. of the baddies, but also she's a bad guy. And yet she does this thing where she goes out and celebrates with her kid, and that's this really like beautiful moment. Her kid was so happy that her mum won. I was like, surely that's your character right there. Is this not the not the character she presents in the ring? Yeah. She keeps yeah. coming out dressed as superheroes. <laughs> she, the good guys. She didn't cheat, but she did get beaten. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, so I, I thought that was baffling. Baffling. Considering everything they've done to build her up, to undermine her like that on her 50th win against someone who is not going to beat her for it eventually. But yeah, really, really bad it. booking decision. Did not get that at all. I also feel like the, the Cargill streak, because she's not on TV mm. a lot, you know, because you only get one women's match a week. It really has. This will be a nice poll. This will be a, this will be a reference for a good ten people watching here. But I, you might be one of them. Do you remember Crimson's undefeated streak in oh, TNA? Oh, do I? That's what this undefeated streak is. It's Crimson's undefeated <laughs> streak. So he didn't beat anyone of note. No. Yeah. But he was like, "Oh man, Crimson's mm. got seventy-five wins." It's like, who cares? <laughs> <laughs> uh, we cut to the trainers' room. Britt is being seen to. Jay, I think Jamie or Rebel were in there with her. And then Ruby Soho comes in to check on her. And Britt's like, go away. You you were friends with them longer than you were me. I thought, did, did Ruby really cross over with Tony Storm and Paige? They were in AEW for ages. Uh, for, sorry, they were in WWE together for ages. Yeah, Paige was in. Paige was part of like the, yeah, I've been there for a while. When Ruby no. Soho was there. Well, it's, it's really just you were in the same company. You've been attached to the same company before. I don't like this story. I think it's so one-dimensional. Oh, it is massively. Uh, and uh, yeah, I don't think it's getting enough time. Or yeah, I, I, I feel like it's both being underserved and way too served at the same time. Uh, and we got the announcement that Roosh is taking on Christopher Daniels. Yeah, on Rampage this week. They showed the Ring of Honor clip from the anniversary show where Daniels won the championship. It's one of my all-time favorite moments. Uh, so I might watch Rampage. Hey! <laughs> uh, overall, I gave this 85%. I thought it was two excellent matches. Yeah, really, really good. It's easily a four out of five show. Uh, I had a really, really good time with it. Uh, Mod Mother, if you can hear me, it's time for a poll, please. We have a thumbs up, thumbs down, thumbs in the middle. Uh, for what people thought of this episode of Dynamite. Someone in the chat there just said, guys, even villains have babies. Mm. Like, yeah, they do, but don't show that bit then. But, sorry, she's not the villain, though. She's an all-powerful, all-consuming, badass tweener. And you just, we just saw her lose. Yeah. But then, I, but I, I think they do present it. Like, she wrestles like she is the bad guy mm. in, in matches. Like, she is the heel. Particularly because that's a heel spot. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah, that is a heel spot. That's a, yeah. a visual pin that is a heel spot to do. And then you undermine that even further by having to go out and celebrate with her daughter like a valiant baby face would. But then the, the overhead press spot, that she started doing press-ups in the ring and the crowd were counting along. Like... You, you can book her as a heel, but she's a face. That's the thing is, I think this crowd are ready for her to be a baby face. Mm. But this company, it's like the Britt Baker thing. The crowd are ready to cheer as a baby face, but they're like, no, no, she's definitely, she's still a heel. She's a heel. She's definitely a heel. Well, I don't, I don't think she's a face. I think she's a tweener. I don't think she's that, a tweener. That's why she can, you know, be dismissive and, and slag people off. But also, she is consistent with her love of her daughter. That's, yeah, that's true. <laughs> Uh, let's see what you all think on our Omega chats. Oh. Uh, send them into wrestletalk.com forward slash support or read out every single one over five US dollars before the end of the show. Danny G says, hi guys, I worry a daddy ass turn is coming. And while this is inevitable eventually, now is not the time, especially after the back and forth at the beginning. The acclaimed are still red hot and it's just far too soon. Hope I'm wrong. I don't know if the acclaimed are as red hot as they once were. Uh... Yeah, I agree with that, but I think I do think it's a mistake to 
breakup Daddy Asney claimed. Yeah, oh, I completely agree with that because I, yeah, still selling merch and everything like that, and it is still over. It's not as they're mm. not as red hot as they once were, and that is all down to the fact that they haven't had like a really credible tag, uh, tag feud. Like they haven't had a, a credible tag feud since the uh, since Swerve and Our Glory, mm. and that's who they won the belts from. Uh, Ryan Clark says, so Hangman and Moxley are unable to have anything but bangers? Huh. What do we think the stip for the revolution matches? Last man standing, either way, cannot wait. That's a good point, actually, because it they have had the the wrestling matches and they were unhappy with the pin finish. So definitely sets up a sort of yeah. uh, last man standing. Last man, Texas death match. Texas death match. Uh, they also say, also, happy LGBT plus history month, everybody. Trans lives matter. Is it? It's not Pride. Um, no, but it's it's History Month, right? I think it's a different different month. Sure. I'm just Marcus says I love Mox versus Hangman. I think it ends in a Last Man Standing match. Also, what was the point of Darby's reign if Joe was just going to win it back three weeks later and continue his Wardlow feud? Can all of Darby's matches have been to qualify for this one? I, I like the short title reign. Me too. It was like a little two minute punk song. Yeah. That's a great way to describe mm. it. Plus, you know, at that moment in Seattle as well, like that's what we'll remember from that. And yeah, yeah I think yeah. he then had a series of very good matches off the back of it. And finally, Nick Smith says, acclaimed win, guns demand rematch. They accept it, but it will be at Revolution in a CLT match. Chairs, ladders, tables with acclaimed childish humor. Oh, because it's CLT like. Well, no, but they've, it's, they've moved the letters around. Yeah, from TLC to to make it sound like a part of a, a lady anatomy. Is, uh, that, is that what they're oh, going for? Maybe. I don't think they'll say that. I no, don't. And also, like, that doesn't work. Either. I don't think it works particularly well. Uh, it's, F- it's, it's not as good as Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. <laughs> what do they say in that? Well, that's the name of their um, the the four ladies. That's the name of their little group. Mm. Is Clit. Uh, you said it. Yeah, <laughs> I did. Against them, FTR. They're real, Ollie. Uh, we can say real things <laughs> on this show. Against them, FTR and the returning Hardys. So a TLC match between the Hardys, FTR, and the Acclaimed. I mean, <laughs> it's great fancy booking. I can't I suppose, see that yeah. Guns stop Acclaimed from retaining, but FTR wins. Uh, I, I don't think FTR are coming back. I don't think... Jeff and Matt are going to do anything together anytime soon. No. Um, Funny enough, if you pre- if you press a little refresh there, there's just a note from the moderator that said, it's a cloak joke, guys. <laughs> Can I just, before we get out of here, because I'm not on any WWE review shows, can I give you my proposal mm. for the next two months of WWE? Please do. Sami Zayn wins at Elimination Chamber. Roman spins off into a feud with Jey Uso over the bloodline. That's a mania match there. Sammy then has to face Cody Rhodes for the championship at WrestleMania. Cody turns heel and wins because he is driven by the desire to fulfill his dreams too much. And Cody wins at WrestleMania. The same Cody Rhodes that never wants to turn heel. Yeah, yeah, the same Cody Rhodes that said he he's AEW till he dies. <laughs> You're right. That's taken for taken by his word. Yeah, I I will take him on his word on this one thing because I really think he does truly believe he's babyface for life. Mm-hmm. What do you think though? I mean, it's it's if a Cody. It's, a, it's uh... a lovely little story and a lovely little moment. Roman is walking into WrestleMania as champion. <laughs> <laughs> like that's the story here. As Roman walks oh, into Mania as champion. Oh, no, I just think they've they've really got something. Um, right, well, that's all we've got time for today. Thank you very much for joining. Can I do a plug? Yes, yeah, of course. Uh, there's a link in the video description down below. You can all go and click that right now, and you will hear myself and Dan Layton talk about our first hands-on impressions of WWE 2K23. Oh! Dan and I went to go play it on Monday. We played it for about an hour, where there is footage in the video of what we captured while playing that game. I've got played through the War Games, a Royal Rumble, and the singles match. I played through two episodes of the John Cena Showcase mm. mode. So you can see all of that in the link in the video description down below. Please go and check that out. Share it around and everything, because we, uh, we're we really happy with... Uh, and, I, and, I really, and I really enjoyed what we played as well. So go and check it out. But for now, I've been Ollie Davis. That's been Luke Owen, DAD. Jam that jam. Jam that jam.
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.